Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is Ash Wednesday, and we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preaches from the lectionary, which is Matthew chapter 6, 1 to 6, and 16 to 21. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. Wednesday, I typically think about three things, dust, death, and the beginning of Lent. Something I don't typically associate with Ash Wednesday is blessing, specifically feeling blessed. Maybe if I were feeling extra pious, I would consider myself blessed to begin another Lenten journey of self-reflection and repentance. But to be honest, that's not really the sort of priest or person I am. I'm simply not holy enough to relish in the excruciating task of taking stock of myself and my life and all the ways that I fall short of the person I know God is calling me to be. It's painful and wearying and certainly doesn't feel like a blessing. A necessary spiritual discipline? Sure. But a blessing? Nah. So something caught my eye in our reading from the prophet Joel appointed for today. Joel prophesies to the people that the day of the Lord is coming and that they should return to the Lord. But instead of the typical warning we see in many prophetic texts to repent and change their wicked ways, the God of Joel's prophecy asks only that the people return and bring their pain with them. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. No need to tear your clothes and put on sackcloth, just bring your tears, bring your pain, bring your emptiness. Break your hearts open and return to me. Whatever pain you're carrying, whatever hurt you're holding onto, just come back. And if you can't unburden yourself from the pain, just bring it with you. And instead of wrath and judgment, I'll meet you with grace and mercy, steadfast love, and who knows, maybe even a blessing. Who knows whether he will not not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Now, I don't necessarily think that by asking who knows, the God of Joel's prophecy is implying that maybe one in 10 lucky souls might receive a blessing if they come back to God. I don't think Joel means to suggest that God is enthroned on high, hosting some sort of raffle of blessing. But I wonder if what God, through Joel, is implying here is that if we're able to rend our hearts and not our clothing... In other words, if we're able to go deeper than the surface level and really break our hearts open to the pain of the world, to the risk of love, and surrender to the truth that we are all inextricably linked, then maybe we will see that that is in fact our blessing. 
The blessing is not the reward we get for our lament, but it's the natural byproduct of living lives with hearts that are broken open to the world around us. Hearts that understand that we came up from the dust of the earth and we have only ever existed in relationship with creation and with each other. Hearts that understand that when we kill the earth, we kill ourselves. When we hurt each other, we hurt ourselves. And when we really love each other, our hearts are more, more fully alive than they could be on their own. This is the blessing of being human. But it's not a blessing that comes without risk. When we acknowledge that our hearts are tied up with people and things beyond our control, we recognize our vulnerability in a world that can be unkind and unpredictable. I began to understand this for the first time when I was 18 and my grandmother died after a short illness. My grandma was my best friend. I often went to my grandparents' house after school and on the weekends. Whenever I was homesick from school, it was my grandma who took care of me while my parents were at work. She made me chicken soup and let me watch MASH reruns with her. She taught me how to spell my name and I helped her around the house. She often fell asleep on the couch after relentlessly beating me in cards. In my whole life, I never, not once ever, beat her in a game of double solitaire. She did not believe in letting kids win at games just because they were kids. When I was a kid, I thought she would live forever. As I got older, I started to notice her slowing down. And when she was too sick to make it to my high school graduation, I started to understand that she would die. And that when she did, she would take a part of me with her. I've experienced this fracturing of my heart in other ways since then. And I know that I will experience it again and again throughout my life. But the pain of losing parts of my heart is part of the mixed blessing of recognizing that my heart doesn't only belong to me. It belongs to God, it belongs to creation, and it belongs to everyone else. And this brings me back to Ash Wednesday, to dust, to death, and the beginning of Lent. When God called us up out of the dust and breathed life into our chests, we were initiated into a network of mutual blessing, blessed by being part of the earth and blessings to one another. As our seminarian Dan Carlson reminded us on this very day last year, the more we give our lives away, the more life and blessing we create, not only for ourselves, but for everyone else. And when we wear that same dust on our foreheads today, we remind ourselves of that. We also remind ourselves that someday we and the people we love will die. It won't immediately be clear to us how we or our loved ones fit into this network of blessing anymore. It's what makes death hard. As Christians, we spend our whole lives teaching ourselves to break our hearts open and share them with one another, with creation and with God. And death can sometimes feel like the end of that the end of our blessing of mutuality. Life as Christian inherent, Christians inherently teach, challenges us to live a life that
that fully invests in the blessing of mutuality in the here and now, and at the same time promises that that blessing doesn't end with our mortal death. My sense is that, that death separates us from this blessing only in our limited human understanding of what it means to live and die in mutuality with all of creation and with God and each other. From God's view, I imagine our death means something quite different. But more on that in the Easter season. For now, on Ash Wednesday, I invite you to reflect this season of Lent on the blessing we receive when we break our hearts open to the world around us. And when the pain of making ourselves vulnerable in that way inevitably begins to creep in, God will call us back to herself again and again, imploring us to do nothing more than return, to come home, carrying with us the splintered pieces of our broken hearts.